If you have your Bible, open it up to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, really the cliff notes of the gospel, the greatest chapter perhaps ever written in our faith. It has everything that you need. If you're new to the faith, read Romans 8, read it again. You'll get saved every single time. Romans 8, I'm going to read verses 14 through 16 in your hearing today. Share with you a short um, short introduction. I want to show you a video, and then we'll, we'll jump right into the, to the message. Romans 8 verses 14 through 16. I'm reading from an ESV, and it reads like this. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. The title of today's message is Final Papers, The Final Papers. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word revealed through your apostle, Paul. And we thank you for this moment and this time. I sense something mighty in the room today. Would you open our eyes, our hearts, our ears, and our minds to receive afresh from you a better understanding of you and us and how this whole thing works? In Jesus' name, amen. I, um, I wanted to show you a video today. Don't play it just yet, but I, 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 wanted to, I wanted to show you a video. I don't know if you're like me, but I am a sucker, a sucker for YouTube videos that make people cry. Anybody else? Soldiers returning from war? Yes. All afternoon. You know what I'm talking about? Babies who get a cochlear implant and hear their mother's voice for the t- first time? Are you kidding me? I mean... Clear the calendar, right? <laughs> Am I the only one? I, the, again, the lights are, so I don't know. But I mean, I'm a mess, and I'll cry my whole way through it. And like I've, you've heard me say, I have two teenage sons, so they'll check in on me. Dad, are you good? What's going on? The other one that gets me all the time is adoption videos. Every time child and parent come to an understanding, sometimes you've seen it where it's grown children who invite their step-parent to make it official and be their adoptive real parent, so to speak. And other times you'll see it where it's parents break the news to a child that they fostered and say, we, we've taken the steps necessary. If you watch those videos, you know that it's, it's just, it's like the most pure and exquisite joy that comes from that moment. Carrie, would you play that video for us? I mean, every single time I watch that video, and I, this week I've watched it like 15 times, <laughs> and every time I'm crying. Chanel came over, I was looking for videos, she's crying, I'm crying, the boys are freaked out. It's just, you know, it's just, it's just. There's such beautiful joy in that moment, am I right? And it's, and you know what it is, right? Especially in this one. <laughs> Pull it together. Um, 
the joy is that she realizes that she's home, that she's safe, that she's secure, and that she's loved. And those are four questions that right before that moment were left unanswered. Unanswered, am I, where is home, right? Will I be safe? What does the future hold and who will hold me in the future? And then in that moment, in that encounter, in that singular experience, it's all answered and this flood of emotion comes in. And that's, that's where all the videos I could find, that's where all of the joy is. I wanted, because we're talking about final papers or about you know, the final orders that make adoption official, I was looking for a video that would show a judge hit a gavel and say, adopted, and then the kids would cry. But that doesn't happen, that's not a real video. All of the joy is in the moment, right? But it's not official here. It's not official until a judge meets with them and says it's official. But all of the, all of the joy, because she believes them, because they haven't let her down, because when they make this promise, it's as good as promise, it's a guarantee. And so for her, this little girl, it's just a formality that she'll stand before a judge who says, yes, of course, right? And today we're going to talk about that process from the joy in the moment to the final papers that make adoption complete. We're going to talk about it in the context of our missional effort, home. We're going to talk about it in the context of your mission to make it home forever. And today we're going to talk about is the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's role in the whole process of adoption. What's interesting is I'd written these messages in November. I'd been studying for these messages for almost a year, reading books about adoption and making sure that I was, I, I was, I was finding what the Lord wanted to say for us. And, and I'd written these messages and came to them at the beginning of this month and started to preach them. And it really wasn't until this week that I realized, and he does this often, that God was teaching us something else. Yes, he's teaching us about the principle of adoption. Amen? Yes, hopefully he's pushing many of you to walk out true religion and be those kinds of people who love like God loves through the process of adoption. But also, this was a four-week series that talked to us or taught us about the Trinity. Remember the first week we talked about true religion, how to walk out our faith. And the second week we talked about the heart of the Father. Last week, we talked about the invitation of the Son, and today we're going to talk about the leading or the adopting of the Holy Spirit. And I hadn't planned this, but I'm grateful for it, and I love that when God decides to teach us many things, he does it so well, there's no way I'm smart enough to plan all that out, but here we are, amen. Verse 14, I want to show you something. We're going to just walk through these three verses in Romans, and then I'm going to bounce around through the text to make sure that we see very clearly what the apostle is trying to say to us. Number one is this. The Holy Spirit leads us in this process. Verse 14 says this. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. First things first, let's talk about the Holy Spirit. Let's get that very, very clear in your understanding today. The Holy Spirit is a person. One part of the Trinity is the Holy Spirit. There's Father God, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
right? They are not three versions, three manifestations, three iterations, or three essences of one being. They are three beings in one. And that's important for us to understand. I'm going to do a little bit of doctrine for you today. We'll still giggle. Don't you worry. We most assuredly will cry because it's beacon. But let's do some doctrine for a minute. Amen? Okay. The Trinity is an orthodox Christian concept, and it is foundational to what we believe. And I want to make sure that you're aligned on it, because if you're not, you can get blown away. There are many iterations of the Christian world that will teach around the Trinity and say things like God has different ways of manifesting himself, or God has different essences. Sometimes God is this, and other times God is this. And what they're doing is creating a model of God that is inaccurate. The Bible tells us that he is three in one. When Jesus is baptized, there's Jesus being baptized, the Father who says, this is my son, he's in heaven, and the Holy Spirit who descends like a dove, one, two, three. In the Great Commission, when Jesus tells his disciples to go into all the world and tell the people the good news and to baptize them, he says to baptize them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit, one, two, three. The Trinity is paramount to our understanding, and here's why. The Trinity gives us assurance that salvation through sacrifice was always the plan. See, the Trinity demonstrates to us that God had always known that there would be his son who would go and take your place and then make it so you could find a place in heaven and there would always be the Holy Spirit who would get you from there to here. Amen? This is important for us to understand because I never want you to be the kind of Christian who thinks that the Jesus thing was a plan B. Amen? I don't want you to read the Old Testament and go like, they got it right. Well, they messed it up. So Jesus came along because God was like, no, we got to figure something out. That was never it. The plan was always this. I, God the Father, am perfect and without sin, and sin cannot be near me. And you have sinned. And because I love you so much and want you near me, and there's no way you can pay for it, I will pay for it. And when you struggle to understand how I paid for it, I will send myself to you again and help you walk through the process. One, two, three. Amen? We have to know this Trinity thing. Because I don't want you to be misled when someone says the wrong thing and you don't know why God exists in three and one. Jesus says, when I leave, I'm going to send someone to help you. Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the helper. What a great name. The helper, one who leads, one who guides, one who assists, one who walks alongside. Jesus says, I'm going to leave, going to return to my Father. I'll sit at the right hand of the Father in all splendor and on all glory. And between now and the day that you get there, I'm going to send the helper, the Holy Spirit, to walk alongside you. But here's the best part. The Holy Spirit will live inside of you, make his dwelling within you so that you don't have to attend a sanctuary. You are the sanctuary. You see how once you understand that, it becomes a little bit different. You, know, you don't go to church you are the church. Amen? That's why this isn't an option, because I need you here to minister to me, to help me along this journey. 
Jesus says, I'm sending the helper to come with you. And, and I want you to understand today that the Holy Spirit is, is, the, is the person of God under which we live in now. There was the Father, and then for 33 years there was the Son, and ever since then, it's always been the Holy Spirit. And in the Holy Spirit, in this epoch of time, the Holy Spirit is the one who leads everything. Did you know that the Holy Spirit led you here today? Fellas, it wasn't your wife. It was your Holy, the Holy Spirit in your wife. Amen? Or how about this? Did you know the Holy Spirit led you to church today? It wasn't because you had a bad week. It's because the Holy Spirit let you have a bad week because he's like, I got a thing for you. I want to talk to you. I want to help you. The Holy Spirit leads each one of us to everything that we do, especially to our first time meeting with Jesus. The question is, did you take the meeting? Did you arrive? Did you show up? The Holy Spirit continues this work of helping and to lead and, and, and walking alongside us because the Holy Spirit's job uh, continually is to not only bring us to a place to meet with Jesus, but to challenge us to change and live more like Jesus. In John chapter 16, Jesus says, this is the Holy Spirit's job. When I leave and he comes, this is what he'll be focused on. Ready? Concerning sin, concerning righteousness, concerning judgment. The Holy Spirit's job is your sanctification. Amen? What in the world does that mean? I always want to make sure I'm not just talking to all the saints and all the scholars, right? You ever go to church and they use all these Christian words and you're like, yes, amen. <laughs> Trinity, justification, sanctification, let's talk about it, okay? The moment that you say yes to Jesus for the very first time, the moment you, 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 you say, I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth, the moment that you say, here's me, help. That's salvation. The Bible tells us that we are saved by grace, by our believing, by our trusting in Jesus. And that, friends, good news can happen in an instant. It can happen right, near, right here today. If you walked in this place and you were wondering whether or not you were going to hell or to heaven today, the good news is that you can answer that question by simply trusting in Jesus. And it's done. And you might leave and still feel the same. Anybody get saved and then still feel the same some days? You know what I'm talking about? How many of you have walked with Jesus for a very long time and are still struggling from time to time with sin? Amen? Three honest hands. I love you. <laughs> that is the difference between salvation and sanctification. And, and the understanding is this. Jesus makes it so you can be saved. And the Holy Spirit helps you so you can be sanctified, regenerated, redeemed. And then when you stand before the Father, you look just like Jesus. He's the helper. And I hope that's good news for those of you who are like, if this is what saved looks like, it's going to be a mess in heaven. <laughs> if they let me in, they'll let anybody in. <laughs> He's the helper. And he comes to help you, walk alongside you, change you, 
make you into who God calls you to be. And I want to talk about how. Verse 15. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. If first in verse 14 we learn that the Holy Spirit leads us, leads us to Jesus, leads us to be more like Jesus, then this one we should understand that it really is the Holy Spirit who adopts us. The Holy Spirit adopts. And he does it in three ways, and they're described right here in this verse. First things first, the Holy Spirit eliminates slavery to sin. It says, you didn't receive the spirit of slavery. When you said yes to Jesus, you received the Holy Spirit. You didn't receive the spirit of slavery, meaning these two spirits are not the same. They're antithetical. You cannot hold one and hold the other. And so when Jesus says yes to you and you say yes to him and the Holy Spirit makes his dwelling place within you, even if there's not a lot of room yet, the first eviction that the Holy Spirit makes is slavery to sin. First things first, Holy Spirit comes into your heart and says, all right, show me the damage. And for some of us, it takes a long time to do the inventory. And what he does is begin to look at, oh, those things that beat you every day. Can we talk about that for a second? There are a few sins in your life that you struggle with from time to time. You bump up into it. You fall back into it. From time to time, there's a few things that just get you, but they're not permanent. Amen? And yet there are a few other things, other sins that you just can't shake. How many of you have walked with Jesus for long enough, but also simultaneously walked with, as Paul might describe, a thorn in your side, a mistake you continually make, and you wonder... Do I have to carry both forever? Have you ever looked at a certain sin in your life and just completely justified it and said, well, I guess it's not, I guess it's not going away. The world will tell you that that's good. There are many, many, many sins that the world has decided are no longer sins and the saints, the children of God, are being deceived, being bamboozled to say, well, maybe that isn't even sin anymore. I want to tell you today that if this if this word from the Lord calls it sin, then he hasn't changed his mind. It's still sin. And if you still carry it, then the Holy Spirit is working to help you let go of it. Now, you might ask yourself this concept of slavery. Jesus says in John chapter 8, he says, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. He says, all who sin... Jesus says this, are slaves to sin. That means that when you're outside of Jesus, struggling with sin, it's in control. When I put it like that, many of you know exactly what that's like. For anybody who struggled with addiction or a pattern of learned behavior that's destructive or or been so dysfunctional for so long you decide that it must be the way that you function forever. If you've ever been in that realm, then you know exactly what I mean when I say that like outside of Jesus, you are a slave to sin. Sin rules. 
This too is important in the doctrine of our faith to understand because many of us, ready? I'm going to change something. I'm going to break your heart. This is going to blow your mind. Many of us think that sin is the result, ready, of bad choices. Amen? You've heard it said before that God gives us free will, and so we make bad choices. Amen? How many of you heard that? Free will, right? I make bad choices because I have free will, and God loves me, and he gives me free will, and, and then I just, I'm a bonehead, and then I'm always a bonehead, but I'm, I'm sinning because I make bad choices. Ready? Free will is not in the Bible. Yep. Uh, you can read the whole thing. I dare you. Do a 30-day shred with Nathan Finocchio. Read the whole thing for the next 30 days. You won't find free will in the Bible. Do you know the only person that ever had the freedom for choice? Adam. And after Adam's choice, sin entered into the world. And as sin entered into the world, every person beget of Adam was born into sin. When you were born, you were born in sin. Meaning you have no other nature but to sin. Now, for some of the holy people in the room, they're like, well, hold on. I was never that bad. (laughs) But for the other ones, we're like, thank you, Jesus. You mean it's not because I make bad choices nonstop? You mean it's not my fault? Yeah, guess what? Did you know this? You were born a slave to sin. Jesus says all who sin bound, subject, and ruled by their sin. And so when you say to Jesus, rescue me, the Holy Spirit comes in and the first thing he does is eliminates slavery. It's like this. You could be in the deepest, darkest dungeon shackled from head to toe with no way out and no understanding of the terms of your sentence. And if you were to just whimper, help, the Holy Spirit walks in with all boldness and the master key and he walks right over and unlocks your life so that you are no longer controlled by this and all of its uncertainty. The first thing he does is say, you know that sin that owns you? Gone. Amen? Gosh, I hope that hits some of you. Now, there's a few of me in this room who were like, "Uh, you know, it doesn't feel gone. Am I right? You hear that and you're like, yeah, but I still do it. And I'm wondering if that makes me broken. Have you ever been in a room full of people and they're talking about how the God has delivered them and healed them and perfect and you, you meet maybe one of the deacons on our team and they talk about how they've been walking with the Lord their whole life and you're like, <laughs> I don't even, I can't, I'm a man, I gotta go, I don't fit. <laughs> you ever feel like you're the only one? You ever feel like the enemy says to you, Everybody has it figured out, and you don't. That's the spirit of fear. Did you know that? That's the enemy trying to fool you after he's lost you. 
Oh, that's the trick. I wish you knew this. I wish you knew that once the Holy Spirit comes in and sets you free, for freedom you have been set free. You're free and free indeed. And so what the enemy does is try to throw Hail Marys to convince you that you're not free because you are free. That's why the Bible says you did not receive the spirit of slavery only to fall back into fear. He comes in, he eliminates slavery. Number two, he eliminates fear. The Holy Spirit is helping you beat fear. You say, Pastor, I'm not afraid of nothing. I had a no fear sticker on the back of my truck. I got big tires. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm not. I don't mean you're timid. I mean you're unsure. I mean you're worried. I mean you're plagued by shame. I mean you think you're doomed. Even when you put a smile on. And the Holy Spirit says, I set you free from sin and fear. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, because perfect love casts out all fear. How much of the fear? Say it to yourself. His perfect love casts out, demands, evicts, dejects, demolishes all of my fear. So when the enemy comes in and says, be afraid, you can say, no, this doesn't work. Yes, it does. You don't look like a Christian. I know. <laughs> and that's probably what makes it best. It's because sometimes I don't even feel like a Christian, but the Holy Spirit says I am. Holy Spirit leads, Holy Spirit adopts, and he does it through getting rid of slavery, through getting rid of fear, and then check this out. Also, he does it by changing our minds because how many of us need to fix the way we think about ourselves? He says, you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Let's put this right into perspective for you today. If we were to watch that beautiful video that makes me cry every time, and those two people sat down at table with a little girl they'd never met and said, we're adopting you. It would be the weirdest video you'd ever seen in your life. Amen? Why? Because they don't know each other. You can't be adopted until you're bonded. This little girl bursts into tears. Why? Because she's already totally invested in this relationship and they say you feel what we feel and she's like you betcha I do and they're like let's make it official and she's like this is the confirmation of what I've known inside my heart and that process has been over time gradual gentle and patient so that her thinking her mind her sentiment and her will are more like theirs and less like hers. Adoption happens for those who become a family. We don't adopt and then go figure it out. 
We walk alongside each other and learn, and then the adoption takes place. Here's the deal. Part of what the Holy Spirit wants to do is remove the things that are in your way and then give you the mind of Christ so that you can think like the Father. So when the Father says, you're mine, you're like, yes. That's what he wants. He doesn't offer the spirit of adoption for people who don't want him. He doesn't say, hey, world who lives in sin, you're mine. And they go, weird. No. He goes to the inside and changes you. Romans, same chapter, 8, verse 5 and 6, it says this. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. The helper is trying to change your mind about who you are and whose you are. And for many of us, that's an ongoing process. And that's okay. Last thing I want to show you. And then I have a sense the Lord wants to do something today. Verse 16 says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. I might say it like this. If the Holy Spirit leads and the Holy Spirit adopts, then the Holy Spirit also seals you. The Bible says here he bears witness to the Father, conversation that looks like testimony before a court. I want to tell you that one day the intercessor and the Holy Spirit will both stand before the Father on your behalf and go, yep, totally innocent. And you'll be like, really? Sweet. The Holy Spirit's job is to bear witness to the Father for you. This word, bear witness, it, it actually comes from the Greek word that means earnest. It means that the Holy Spirit serves as a legally binding contract between God and you. The Holy Spirit is the contract that says guaranteed. This is the craziest part. I think you should understand this. In, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, or chapter 1, verse 22, it likens the Holy Spirit to a seal. And in this day and age, the seal would be an important concept for, for us to understand. Whenever a letter was sent from one entity to another, especially if that letter contained important or official business, that letter would be sealed. You've seen this by anybody who's on Etsy. It's wax that they melt and they put a little stamp on it. You know what I'm talking about? And it has their initials. And they put it over the edge of the envelope at the seam of the letter and that seal says what's inside is guaranteed. And if the seal is broken, what's inside is no longer guaranteed. It verifies the contents of the letter. In the real estate world, it's like earnest money. Have you ever bought a house and they want earnest money? That means we want to know that you're serious, right? And so you give them a little bit of money that says, I don't have everything just yet, but I will. Amen? Here's what the Holy Spirit does for you in this moment. The day you say yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit seals you, guarantees you, 
and promises to God that at the day of your arrival, you will be, like we talked about about six weeks ago, when you show up at the gates, you will be perfected, regenerated, restored, and everything you needed to be without blemish or spot. That's what the Holy Spirit does. The mo- when does it happen? The moment you say yes to Jesus. You say, help, and the Holy Spirit does all this work and then seals you and says to the Father, this one is ours, guaranteed. And they're totally agreed on it. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have that conversation and each one of them is like, do you concur, doctor? Doctor, yes, I concur. And sometimes the only one who doesn't agree is you. Sometimes the only one who's not in agreement with who you are and whose you are is you. But the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit, upon the moment of your salvation, begins the process of sanctification, but also completely guarantees that when you arrive, you'll be perfect, even though you don't feel like it. I think it's important for us to know that if you've said yes to Jesus, you are already a son or daughter, even if you're slowly but surely working hard to get to know the Father. This is what we call eternal security. It means that once he's made up his mind, it's settled. And even you can't break it. Because you're not bigger than God. Amen? Have you ever tried to walk away from God? You ever said yes to Jesus, got serious, backslid, ran away, and then turned around and guess who was right there? Have you ever had that? You just wander, you mess up, you forget it, you get church hurt, you push people away, you decide I'm not doing that religion thing, you're not real, this is over. I tried it, it didn't work. And then one day, God does what he always does, which is lifts his hand and says, go ahead and live your life, let's see how that goes. And then all hell breaks loose, and you, even through your shame and your struggle, decide maybe it's worth another shot. You ever been there before? And you're like, okay, all right. Uh, it's me again. You think he's far from you, don't you? You think that when you turn around to go back to the Father, the journey will be as long, commensurate, or, 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 or even worse to get back to him. But I don't know if you've ever been there. I've been there where you run from God, and when you turn around, he's not far. He's literally right there. Have you ever experienced that? You come home and you're like, help. And he's like, great, welcome back. You're back in the family. We never left. We never left. We never let you go. You ever had that? Because he hasn't changed his mind on you because the Holy Spirit has guaranteed you. And I've labored on this enough today because I think many of us still don't believe it. We think that the final decision will take place when we stand before the Father. We think it's then and only then that he'll look through all of your life, because you've heard this, right? They'll replay the video of your life, and you're like, please fast forward through the 20s. (laughs) And the 30s. (laughs) And the 40s, amen. Just jump to the part where I was in church. You think that when you arrive, they're going to watch the video and the Holy Spirit's going to be wondering if you did it right and Jesus is going to be hoping and rooting for you and the Father's going to watch it and be like, absolutely not. 
you guys kidding me? We got to work on our systems. This is not a good choice. Did anybody vet her? (laughs) No. The decision is made. You see, unlike adoption, when all of the joy comes in the initial moment of discovery that we're going to be a family, unlike adoption where it's not really certified or official until the very end of the process when a judge beats the gavel and says, I now pronounce you a family, unlike the way that the world works in judgment that weighs the facts and then makes a deliberation, our God does it completely different. Our God says, your mind will figure out the details. Oh, that matters to me. Amen? Our God says this, the final decision, oh, here it is, isn't made at the end. The final decision about you is made in the very beginning when you say yes to Jesus. And you say, yeah, but what if I mess up? Don't worry, you will. What if I fall down? Righteous man falls seven times. What if I... What if I always have something I deal with? Well, then his strength will be made perfect in your weakness. What if I don't feel like it? Don't worry. He does. And he sees you with a great affection and a heart and says you are sons and daughters, even if you still feel like an orphan. Today... We're going to worship. I'm going to ask the team to come up. I'm going to stay up here for just a second. If you, if you have ever wondered if you're really saved, if you've said yes, you've gone to church, you've learned religion, and you've practiced it, but something has been holding you back, and you've wondered if it was true for you, I want to pray with you today. And I want to invite you to do something we don't typically do here. But if you've ever wondered if at the very end, the final papers will say son or daughter, I want to invite you down here today. And I want to put my hand right on your heart and pray with you so that you know the answer is yes. So all over the room, I'm going to come down. You may be timid. You may be wondering, I hope, I hope I'm not the only one. If you are the only one, this whole room's going to freak out. Be the only one. If you're here today and you wondered, I don't know if this is real. I don't know if I'm going. I think I'm doing the right things. I just don't feel it. If that's you, I want to invite you to come down to this area right down at the front, right out of your seat, right where you are. You can stand up and make your way. Here's why we're going to do this. Because for those of us who agree that the Holy Spirit dwells within us, he's free to do his work. For those of us who say, yeah, uh, the Holy Spirit is in this room and he's working on you right now. Now, there's a spirit of shame there right now that's trying to tell you not to come down here. And I need you to stand up on your feet and beat that fear because you didn't receive the spirit of adoption only to stay in fear. You're in this room, and you want to know that you know that you know. Stand to your feet right now in this room. And I want to invite you to come down, and I'm going to pray with you. Come on. Amen.
These are the bold ones. There we go. We're going to keep going until we have every single person who had this question today. I would encourage you to stay distanced. I won't come super close. Glad you're here. Keep coming. Here's what we're going to do today. I'm going to pray with them. I'm going to ask you to pray. If you're in this room right now and you know this is you, please don't miss this opportunity. It's nothing fancy, nothing silly. We're not going to be spooky. We're going to agree that the Holy Spirit lives in you and has guaranteed you. I'm going to wait just one more minute for a couple more folks. Amen. Okay. Last chance. Last chance. For those who are here at the front, this is their day. This is their day to loose the spirit of slavery to sin. This is their day to let go of fear. This is the day he changes your mind forever. How do we know we're saved? The Holy Spirit dwells within us. How do we know the Holy Spirit dwells within us? We feel conviction. Did you know that? You know when a word is spoken and it makes you feel bad about your sin? It's good. It means that the Holy Spirit lives within you, which means you belong to God. That's the proof that you're Jesus's. Today, for all of us at the front, I'd love for you to put your hand on your heart. For all of you in the sanctuary, I'd love you to extend your hands to their heart. This is a moment where we're going to agree that they agree with the king. Heavenly Father, we came here today appointed and anointed for this moment right now. Your word says that if we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, then we will be saved. And we haven't believed it until this day. Holy Spirit, stand up big and live in me. Live in me. Live in me and change me from the inside out. Holy Spirit, I give you complete authority to change my mind I give you complete authority to renovate my heart. Loose me from the slavery to sin that has held me, that has said I'm in control. Loose me from the fear that has held me back. In this day and at this time, I say yes to what you say yes to.